0: Hey, everyone. This is Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to this week's podcast. If you don't know me already, I am married to Daryl. We've been married for 28 years. We have eight kids, ages 13 to 27. We have four grandkids, and we've been homeschooling for over 22 years. Um, a few weeks ago, I was speaking to a group of moms up in Massachusetts, um, and one particular family, the family that invited us up, their kids all listen to the podcast with their mom and so they had that whole intro memorized <laughs> and I was thinking to myself maybe I should change that but someone <laughs> advised that I don't so I'm gonna leave it um, yeah. but <laughs> so um, if you haven't uh, checked into a couple of books that I've written the unhurried homeschooler and unhurried grace for a mom's heart um, I love it if you go to Amazon and check those out And also, I will be speaking at Teach Them Diligently in Myrtle Beach, May 17th to the 19th, and at the uh, conference in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, June 1st. I would love to see you. So if you can go to either of those, please come. So years ago, uh, when my husband and I were first parenting, uh, we went to a Sunday school class, and... It was fantastic. We went through the book, Shepherding a Child's Heart, and it had a great impact, very positive impact on how we decided to parent our kids. Not long after that, another book came out called Don't Make Me Count to Three, and that was kind of... uh, what we sort of consider the practical guide or handbook to shepherding a child's heart. And so, um, whenever I hear that, uh, that title, I love it. I just always want to say it in a southern drawl. Don't make me count to three, you know? (laughs) And today, um, I have Ginger Hubbard here with us who wrote that book. Uh, She is a sought after speaker and the author of, um, to other books wise words for moms and I can't believe you just said that she has spoken at hundreds of parenting conferences, mom's events, and homeschool conventions across the country. She is a veteran homeschooling mother of two adult children and a stepmom to two much-adored stepsons. She and her husband reside in, okay, help me out here, gender Opalika.
1: Opalika.
0: Wow. Opal. Of course, it's, it's like, southern. It's southern. It's a what eye. is wrong with me? I just <laughs> moved to North Carolina. I don't have this down yet. <laughs> But yes, welcome. I'm so thankful that you could be here. Thanks for being here with us. Mm, Thank you, Dorinda. I'm thrilled to be with you on your podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I love the titles to your books. I do just want to say them in the Southern drawl. I can't (laughs) believe you just said that. (laughs) And that's just like me. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I was laughing because when I got uh, actually online with you and heard your voice, I was like, oh, this is perfect. She's got the great ac- the great Southern accent to go along with this. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, what mom couldn't use some practical tools for dealing with the whining and the tattletaling and the complaining and the disrespect? And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who's been both shocked and humbled by what comes out of my children's mouths mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so this is your new book and it's coming out when it releases this month on april 24th awesome awesome and so i've been thumbing through it and and Underlining and circling and um, I'm sure the moms out there will be doing the exact same thing Um, I'm going to be doing a giveaway of ginger's new book So if you leave a comment in the blog post listeners at iTunes or SoundCloud and just make sure you reference I can't believe you just said that Um, I'll put your name in the drawing and announce the winner soon Um, So I want to talk with you a little bit about about your book and some of the great tools that you have, uh, in there for moms. I'm just, I'm loving it. There are, you know, a lot of great parenting books out there, but what sort of advice uh, are you offering that makes yours different from the others and kind of stand out as unique?
1: Well, Dorinda, as a national speaker, I have listened to parents all over the country, express their heartache over their inability to tame the tongues of their children. And they've read the books, they've tried the advice, but they're still frustrated because nothing seems to work. And so I can't believe you just said that. What I do there is I am exposing faulty child training methods which fail to reach the heart and equipping parents with biblical principles that provides them with a, like a toolbox full of illustrations and examples for implementing those principles in a, in a practical way. Now, you're right, there are a lot of books out there available that focus on what the Bible says about parenting. And many of those books are full of scripture that are that's so helpful in parenting, but few offer the information that parents need most, which is how to practically apply those scriptures to the tongue-related struggles that their children face in everyday
0: life. That's, that's exactly right. I've run into that over all these years of parenting. You know, I think I, I, I read the principles, but then the application is just, there's a gap there. And so I love that you're kind of filling that gap and showing us how exactly to do that, like actually giving tangible everyday life examples. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, all of us are looking around and we we see that children are losing respect for their parents and parents are losing control of their children. Um, And right now we are definitely as Americans facing an epidemic of undisciplined children who have no filter. On the things they say. Um, tell me, how do you think our nation has reached this point in our parenting? Well, you know this. We
1: live in a nation that defies God at every point, including child training. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not that parents um, don't desire obedience and respect from their children. All parents desire that, desire to raise obedient, respectful children. But many parents fail to achieve those results. And I think that reason is twofold. The first problem is that many parents, in an attempt, to get their children to obey and show that verbal respect have adopted faulty child training methods, which focus only on that outward behavior of -hmm. their children, Mm -hmm. but they fail to reach the heart. Many parents today have developed this philosophy that if they can get their children to act right, to behave, that they're raising them the right way. But there is far more to parenting than getting our children to act right. Right. We have to get them to think right and to be motivated out of a love of virtue, a love of God, Mm. rather than a fear of punishment. Mm. So failure to reach their heart, I think, is the first problem. And then the second problem is that parents are just not following the instructions in the instruction manual. Mm -hmm. I once heard Roy Lesson compare God's instructions for parents to an owner's manual for a new appliance. And it was just such a neat comparison. He was talking about how when you buy a new appliance, how the manufacturer provides you with an instruction manual. And Mm -hmm. it tells you how to use the appliance and how to keep it in the best working (laughs) order. And if something goes wrong, of course, the customer is encouraged to contact the manufacturer for repairs. And it's the same with families. Mm -hmm. The family was God's idea. He brought it into being. Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, he has provided parents with instructions for how it operates best. And so I just loved that analogy when I heard Roy Lesson do that. And also, you know, when we experience Problems in the training of our children. He's also given us that open communication with him through prayer. And according to James 1, 5, when we ask him for wisdom, he promises that he'll give it to us. So he's given us everything that we need and we need to
0: utilize um, what he's given us. That's absolutely right. That is my go-to parenting uh, scripture passage, is James 1. And I just I held the Lord to it so many times and he never failed, you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes the answers weren't what I would have thought, but he knows, he knows our kids better than we do. And that, I love that, that analogy because we say kids don't come with the handbook, but they kind of do, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they do, they really do. I love that. And I think the application part of it is just like any, part of our Christian walk, um, we've got the word, it's solid, it's in black and white, it's right in front of us. And then we have the Holy Spirit to help Mm -hmm. us apply it Mm -hmm. and show us what that looks like in our particular situation. Because God doesn't, he's never going to put us in a place where we don't have to lean into him and depend Mm -hmm. on him. And Mm -hmm. certainly in parenting, you know, what uh, I think I don't know a parent that hasn't been brought to their knees by their children, you know, just raising children and that mm-hmm. responsibility. And then, you know, as we're going to talk about in a few minutes, just beginning to see their little sinful natures and wondering mm-hmm. what in the world are we supposed to do with that. So, <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> Which leads me to my next question. One of the things you said in your book, one of the questions is um, why do they act like that? You know, I. <laughs> I don't think I know a parent who hasn't asked that question, if not out loud, for sure in their heads, right? Right. And so, um, but you've said that that's really the wrong question to ask of misbehaving and rude talking children. Can you explain what you mean by that?
1: Yes, and I could relate to that question so well because when my kids were little, I used to be constantly shocked by the things that would come out of their mouths, whether it was whining or lying or talking back or, or whatever. I would typically ask that question why do you act like that? But after a closer look at the word of God, I realized that I was asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. In Matthew twelve thirty four, Jesus explained, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Mm-hmm. In other words, there is, there's really merit to that old saying that says, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. That's right. Yeah, our sin does not begin with our mouths. It begins with our hearts, and that sin shows up in the words that come um, out of our mouths. Those words come from inside us, and it starts sooner than we might think. That's right. Yeah, King David actually proclaimed, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So when parents truly grasp the origin of sin and the total depravity of of, of humanity, Humans, we no longer question why our children sin. So as I begin to study that, I slowly begin to learn to stop asking, why does my child sin? And begin to ask myself, when my child sins, how might I point him to the fact that he is a sinner right. and in need of a savior? How might I help him understand and live in the
0: transformational power of Christ? That's right. And I love that because From the get-go, you're starting from the premise that we're born sinful. And that right there is not a culturally accepted fact. Um, That is something that believers believe because we know that God's word says it and we know it's true. But in our culture, that's not believed. And so right from the get-go, they're starting uh, from the very – that starting place is a completely different place. If you – I think our culture looks and thinks, you know, people are essentially good. That's the general idea. And um, so this is a complete opposite um, just at the, right at the starting gate. And, and it's so important because what do we want? We want our kids to eventually own their own walk with God. We want them to understand um, their deep need for Christ. And that's, uh, that's a journey. Mm-hmm. And this is part of that journey. Mm-hmm. and I That's love me. that I love that because essentially what you 're saying is this is this is a gospel it 's a gospel centered thinking right. right right,
1: and when our kids do something wrong, when they sin we don't need to view it as a hopeless tragedy. We need to see those as precious opportunities to point them to the fact that they are sinners, just like we are, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, all of us. And so we need to take those opportunities to point them to the fact that they are
0: sinners and that they do need Christ in their lives. That's right. That's right. I love that because it's, 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 it is, it's, it's about the heart. It's what's going on there. And I think I, it it is, it's a privilege and an opportunity. I love the way you worded that. Um, If we can see it from that positive uh, perspective, that redemptive perspective, because that's what the gospel is about. Jesus is about redeeming every part of our lives. And so this is like a, 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 you know, mom on a mission here, you know? So we see these, this, this whining and we hear this whining and this complaining and these different things. And we can just, Um, target that with the truth of God's word. And I love that. You uh, encourage that the Bible is the best instruction manual for parenting. So what about verbal offenses that aren't directly addressed in the Bible, like whining?
1: That's a good one. For a while, one of my children really struggled with whining. So I can certainly relate and sympathize with parents dealing with that probably one of the most annoying verbal offenses, Mm -hmm. and you're right, the Bible does not talk about whining specifically, but the Bible does talk about self-control, and if you think about it, whining is an issue of self-control, and so when my daughter would whine in an attempt to get her way or just to acquire something that she wanted, well, let's just say that she comes into the kitchen and rather than simply asking for a cup of juice she whines for it I might ask her honey are you asking for juice with self-control No, honey, you're not, and I'm just not going to communicate with you, and I'm certainly not going to give you what you want when you whine. God wants you to have self-control, even with your voice, and because I love you so much, I'm going to help you get that self-control, and so what I did in our home, this is not a biblical mandate, this is just the way that I did it, Mm -hmm. I would um, set a timer for three minutes and I would say sweetie when that timer goes off in three minutes then you may come back and ask for juice the right way with your self-controlled voice. So for me that was just a great way to Um, reprove her for whining and have her suffer the consequences of having to wait three minutes, which can seem like an eternity for a small child. But that also gives them the opportunity to ponder what does self-control look like? Mm -hmm. And then most important, I would then have her come back and ask for juice with her self-controlled voice. And that's an issue that is addressed in God's word. So all behavior, all behavior is linked to a particular attitude of the heart. So a wise parent is going to learn how how to reach past that outward behavior and to really pull out what's going on in the heart. And that you better believe God's word addresses it because God is concerned with the issues of the heart.
0: That is absolutely right. And, you know, I'm thinking that that really has a lot to, it, it kind of falls under the complaining category as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I love that scripture um, that talks about, uh, do everything without complaining. Um. Mm-hmm. Or, and arguing so that no one can criticize you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And I'm thinking to myself, one of the times when I read this, I thought about how very different, um, how how we stand out in a culture that complains and argues all the time. Mm-hmm. So when we're teaching our kids the self-control, and we're teaching them that it's not okay to have that kind of you know, attitude or whiny voice or whatever, that alone makes us stand out and, and, and people see the light of Christ in us, just even in that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, I just, I love that, um, that God's word is so, um, so direct in so many ways. Yep. It's so, awesome.
1: He really has given us uh, what we he need has, there, he we has, I to love, know how to find it, how to, how to right. look for it. <laughs> and don't
0: you think Proverbs is just an awesome place to oh, yes. find things? Oh my goodness. I have found so many great principles there for, you know, um, the sibling rivalry and um, just a lot of different things. And And it's just been, I used to just kind of live in the Proverbs, you know, while the kids were growing up because it helped me remember what are God's principles and what is he saying? And I could refer to that when I was talking to the kids, I would say, you know what God says about that? He says, da, 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 da. And the cool thing about that is it's not me telling them this is my great idea. I'm telling them this is God's idea, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you said earlier, God's, God is the one who, um, created family and so of course he's gonna know what's best for family he's gonna know how they're gonna function the best and he's gonna give us those boundaries um and therefore our good and it's it it just brings so much more peace into the household It does. It really
1: does. Just, just feeding them the word of God and, you know, and not just to, we don't just want to feed them the word of God and talk about the word um, when they're in trouble, when they've done something wrong. You know, it's, it's it's wisdom for daily life. When, when good things happen, we need to give him the glory and talk about the scriptures that say that he's uh, faithful and that he helps us through trials and he heals the brokenhearted. And so we always need to be talking about, um, God's work in our lives and how he's working in everyday situations.
0: Right. Cause we're, we're basically, essentially we're telling our kids there's that we have hope and our hope is in him. And, you know, sometimes in Proverbs, um, you know, there's, there's negative, you kind of negative connotation sort of Proverbs, and then there's the, the more positive ones. And, um, I, am not really great at this, but when I think of it, <laughs> um, my, and my kids have done something, you know, that, that the Proverbs would describe as a wise person. I point that out too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You just, you just did what God says a wise person does, you know, and their faces just light up. And I love that. Yep. So each chapter in your book addresses a different verbal offense, you know, lying, tattling, whining, complaining, and you offer a very simple, three-step plan for dealing with each one so tell us about that plan because this is this is the nitty-gritty right here this is what we're waiting to hear
1: right <laughs> how do we do it right okay so step one like you said every chapter there's 15 different chapters um, that address all those different offenses and so the common denominator in every chapter I, I open every chapter with a just a very common relatable scenario that that most parents are going to be able to relate to right and then um, the the common denominator in every chapter is the three-step plan and so step one is heart-probing questions if you think about it throughout all the stories in scripture when when someone did something wrong Jesus didn't just wave his finger in their face and say this is what you did wrong and this is what you should have done instead Instead, Jesus often used heart-probing questions. And in order for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because mm-hmm. Jesus knew how to ask those questions in such a way that the people had to take their focus off of the circumstances and the situations around them and onto the sin in their own hearts. Mm-hmm. So for each of those verbal offenses, I offer two or three very simple questions that just helps parents get going in the right direction to to reach past that outward behavior and to pull out what's going on in the heart. Mm. Then, so that's step one, the heart probing questions. And then in the book of Ephesians, we are instructed to put off our old self and put on our new self. So step two is what to put off what God's word says about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued. And then step three is what to put on, how Mm -hmm. to replace what is wrong with what is right. And that's a really important part because so often as parents, we tend to stop our training at telling our kids what not to do. Mm -hmm. But, In Corinthians, it says that when we're tempted, God is faithful. He always provides us with a means of escape, with a way out. So when we correct our children for wrong behavior, but we don't train them in right behavior, we can exasperate them because we're not providing them with that means of escape. And that sort of uh, leaving that step out can can provoke them to
0: anger and frustration. That's, That's so good because often when they're behaving this way, they're trying to gain something. Mm -hmm. So they're using whatever tools they feel like they need to, to get what they want, whatever that is. And so you haven't really addressed the need if you just tell them not to do that. Right. You know, and so I love that because you're, it is so important to tell them not, you know, just not what, just not what to, what not to do. My words aren't coming out right. (laughs) What not to do, but what to do. And I think that's so important because Essentially, you're equipping them and you're giving them the tools, but you're also, um, with the, that heart-probing question, you're revealing the truth about their own heart and about what God says, um, telling them what's not acceptable, but then also uh, discipling them into what what God says to do, what they can do. And mm-hmm. I love that because it really does get to the heart of the issue. I just I, I just keep thinking, you know, kids are essentially usually trying to gain something, you know, sometimes it's just a compliment. Mm -hmm. I've noticed my kids will say things to each other in, in trying to fish for a compliment or validation or something. And I'm thinking, you know, that we can, uh, we've often stopped. And, and I've said, what, what is it exactly that you're wanting here? You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just having some of those conversations and it really, those questions are just so essential because they really, um, They, like you said, they force them to stop in their heads, blaming everything around them because that's usually what's going on. They're going to deflect it, you know, Uh um, he did this and, and therefore, you know, they leave you with the assumption that it was okay for them to do what they did. And so, Uh you know, those heart probing questions are just, um, they're Uh so essential and they bring truth into the situation, which we know, you know, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's freedom in truth,
1: right? Right, And by asking those questions, they, that helps them to take, when they evaluate their own hearts, that helps them to take ownership for the sin that's there and take responsibility for it. And then look to Christ who we point them to
0: for how to get rid of that and how to put on what brings him glory. Right. And that is, you know, that is truly loving our children. I think it's so easy to I don't like disciplining my kids. I'm just going to say that I never have. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I would sometimes try to, you know, skirt my way around it or, you know, just not have to do it because I don't, I, I don't want to hurt them, you know, and, but essentially I am hurting them when I don't do this, when I don't dig in and allow them to see the truth. And I'm, I, and, um, being honest with them is one of the greatest things we can do. You know, speaking the truth in love, you Mm -hmm. know, like the Bible says, and that's what we do as parents. And I look around at the culture and I feel like it's two extremes, either the parents never want to say, draw any lines or say anything negative to their kids because, you know, they don't want to hurt their self esteem, quote unquote, you know, Uh um, or it's the other end of the spectrum where they've gotten now so frustrated with their children that they're yelling at them and Uh mean them. And so you've got these two extremes and, and, and neither one of them are loving our kids. Right. That's right. And, you know, I can so
1: relate to you saying that wanting to skirt around disciplining your kids mm-hmm. because that's, I mean, no one wants to discipline their kids. We want them to always be happy and not experience anything at all that's unpleasant. And so it's unpleasant for them. It's unpleasant for us. And so, you know, there's that tendency to to want to skirt away from it. But I think it's in Hebrews that says no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Mm-hmm. Later right. on, however, it produces This is a harvest of
0: righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's so good. Okay, so I hope mom 's wrote down these these steps i 'll include them in the in the podcast notes just in case because mm-hmm. <laughs> these are great and you 'll need to get the book because i, I really um, I love that you 're taking each individual thing and giving examples of what it looks like to ask those heart probing questions and mm-hmm. to put on and to put, or to put off and put on so um, after so after they 're going through these three steps. How can parents get their children to actually implement the principles being taught? Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a whole different story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, what we want to do is we want to get them to implement the principles being taught by requiring them to practice that biblical alternative mm. to the wrong behavior. Mm. It's never enough. just verbally instruct our children in what not to do. As you just said a few minutes ago, we have to instruct them in what to do. We have to teach them how to replace wrong behavior with right behavior. And then even more important, we have to require them to actually do that. So when we require our children to physically practice the biblical alternative to that sinful behavior, we are teaching them how to apply God's word to daily life. Mm -hmm. So let's just give an example. Let's say that a child's speaks disrespectfully to his parent and the parent says that was disrespectful you shouldn't have done that you shouldn't speak to me like that now go to your room you see that's it's incomplete an in ineffective child training because that most important part is left out. We shouldn't just rebuke and and even discipline the child who is speaking disrespectfully. We should have him come back and practice that biblical alternative by communicating the right way with the appropriate words and the appropriate tone of voice. And for many children, particularly mine as they were growing up, the appropriate facial expression.
0: (laughs) Body language speaks volumes. Yes, yes. So
1: (laughs) when when we train our children in what's right and require them to practice what's right, we are teaching them how to grow in wisdom and we're preparing them to govern their own actions for future situations. So I, I actually, in my book, I refer to this as the practice principle. And let me just give you an example of how that works. Imagine trying to teach your child how to tie his shoes without the practice principle. Just verbally walking him through that process is not going to be enough. At some point, you would have to physically demonstrate how to do it and then have him practice it on his own. Mm-hmm. And so if that practice principle is vital for teaching such morally neutral tasks as tying shoes, how much more important is it for training children in Christlike character? That's
0: absolutely right. I remember um, one of my favorite lines, uh, often, you know, the child came to me or responded to me that way. I would give them, uh, my way of giving them some grace, I would look at them and say, try that again. Mm-hmm. Give That's them the cool. opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And and then if they couldn't, then we, we move forward with the other things. But the other thing I was going to mention is there are times that I have felt myself starting to get really angry. Um, Mm -hmm. and at that point, sometimes it was better to send them to their room temporarily five Mm -hmm. to 10 minutes, hit the pause button for them, hit the pause button for me. Uh And then, but never forget, like you said, to come back together and finish that, that, that circle, that, that, um, plan because, um, and make them, I would say make them, but have them practice Mm -hmm. Um, the right way to do it. And this is interesting too. I'm I'm envisioning, you know, a seven-year-old, say, um, responding this way. And often, you know, even when they're practicing um, regularly, it still can take a while for them Mm -hmm. to actually get it. And the other thing I found is sometimes it's all the way into the teen years before they start realizing why that was so important. And so I guess I just want to encourage moms that this is um not a short-term project (laughs) right (laughs) that's right (laughs) this is a long-term investment and so don't get discouraged if you're just feeling like you're not like they're doing it but you're not sure um you're not like it's all uh, they're, they're getting good at practicing it but you're not entirely convinced of the depth i think sometimes that just takes time. Would you agree with that?
1: I do, I do. And I remember, um, you know, certain issues that my kids struggled with while they were growing up and I would just get so worn out with teaching them the same things over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And I remember... You know, just just getting so weary with that, and but it does take time. But the scripture says that if we keep on, um, it. What is that verse? Oh, Galatians six nine. It says, "Let us not become weary in doing good, Mm -hmm. for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up." That was my life verse for parenting. Mm, And and I love too what you said about you know if we're certainly we're going to get angry and frustrated sometimes, but it's so much better to take a few minutes. And, you know, to go to our rooms and let your child go to his room and cool off and really ask the Lord to help us to, be, to demonstrate that same self-control in our parenting as we're wanting our children to demonstrate in obeying us. And so taking a few minutes to make sure your heart's right, you know, is, is always wise. But, you know, also there's times that that I did blow it. And most moms, I don't know of any mom that's never blown it with her kids. Right. There were times that I absolutely blew it and would just be so convicted about it. And and one thing that God taught me over the years was to not just wallow in condemnation over that, but to 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 take the grace that he gives us. And one way that we can really demonstrate that grace is being willing to go to our children and ask their forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, when I would blow it with my kids, I would be willing to sit them down and say, you know what, would you forgive me? The way that I just spoke to you It did not show respect for you and it did not honor God. Mm -hmm. And would you, let me, let me just try that again. Let me say this again to you in a way that does show respect for you and does honor God. So even in those times that we blow it, God can even use those moments for his glory to demonstrate to our children what conviction and repentance looks like. And, right. and just like we're willing, you know, wanting our children to come back and do it the right way, we should be willing to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Let me try that again. Mm-hmm. Let me put on what is right and the right way to talk to you and the way to show respect and, and to honor our Lord.
0: That's right. Because, it, you know, more is caught than taught, <laughs> you know. And I, I really essentially, uh, you know, child rearing is discipleship and discipleship means we need to set the example we model for them what this looks like and absolutely the times that i have blown it the most have been the greatest opportunities to win my kids hearts back uh-huh. yep. and i have done just like what you just said you know i I was mentioning earlier that I tell my kids, you know, um, try that again. I've done that to myself. I've turned around and I've said something snarky to them. And I look Mm -hmm. at, let me try that again. And then I just change my tone completely. They see it can be done, you know. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And I love that. But God is so good to give us these fantastic um, tools. I love this. And I love the... The, uh, the practicality and um, how you're, uh, you in particular are articulating this and verbalizing this in your book um, in such a practical way. So tell me, um, what are the elements of ineffective discipline that parents should avoid? Well, when when children
1: speak offensively, parents, I think you mentioned this a while ago, parents often respond in one of two ways. We either ignore the child, hoping that he will outgrow it, or we administer some sort of consequence, hoping to, as some people say, put the fear of God in him. But those methods are ineffective because they fail to train and instruct. There are occasions when ignoring is, is obviously going to seem more convenient for us because after all, it does take time to train our children in the way that they should go. But to ignore a child who is in need of correction and guidance is to selfishly place our own interest above the interest in the well-being of the child. And then on the other hand, consequences for wrong behavior certainly have their place, but they are not a substitute for training and instructing. Administering consequences without following through with righteous training and and heart training only teaches them one thing. It teaches them that there are consequences for sin. Mm -hmm. And while that is an important lesson, an even greater lesson is to understand that higher calling of living in ways that are pleasing to God and bring him the glory that he deserves. So our purpose in disciplining our children is not merely to teach them to avoid consequences, but to train and instruct them in, in how to honor God with our lives.
0: Mm, that's so good. I love that. I, I, I hear your heart and I love um, the way that you're speaking to the heart of things one thing that I have noticed along the way, um, you know, having known a lot of parents now that we've been parenting for 27 years, you know, you, you have people you've known a long time, um, and you've kind of had a chance to see how, um, just, you know, how they, how the kids turned out, you know, and it's not always a direct reflection of the parent, but there is a lot there that, that has to do with parenting. And one of the things that I've noticed, um, that along the way that was a little bit troublesome is when using charts and things like that. Um, sometimes I noticed that there was a tip towards legalism and a tip towards, um, you know, just that, how do you stay away from that? Just behavior modification, even, because I know it can be so easy to just uh, revert to the rules rather than the relationship. Do you have anything you can say to speak to that? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I I think that's pretty much what we've, you and I both are are trying so hard to communicate here and encourage Mm -hmm. those moms. It it just boils down to, we want to focus on the issues of the heart rather than just that outward behavior. And, you know, I'm with you on the chart thing and you know I certainly am offering a three-step plan in this book for each one of those behaviors which is sort of like a chart Um, but the plan is definitely relationship oriented because it involves um you know, just really heartfelt, effective communication that centers on the heart and not just behavior modification. And so while consequences for misbehavior and disobedience, you know, again, they have their place, you know, our primary purpose in training our children is to help them understand their need for Christ. And his power to transform their lives. And so if all we do is, is use those sort of charts and, um, you know, to enforce rules for outward mm-hmm. behavior and administer consequences when those rules are violated, our children will develop a distorted view of Christianity mm-hmm. because biblical training is not a formal strict or legalistic way of teaching. Right, It's heart-oriented conversations that focus more on inward change rather than just outward behavior. Now, however, we all know that if the heart is reached, the behavior is going to take care of itself.
0: That's right. That's absolutely right. I love the way you worded that. That's, that's really, really helpful. And I, what I'm picturing here is Um, we do need something simple like the three steps to remember because when we're stressed, we're not very creative and we forget things. So I love that it's very simple. So we can, I think we want to essentially take that as, um, this is the jumping off place. This is the, um, And and where that leads is, you know, kind of up to the Holy Spirit. You know, we just follow the Lord's lead as we're going through these probing questions and this putting off and this putting on, you know, we're at the same time listening to the Holy Spirit. So we're doing what we talked about earlier, taking biblical principles, but we're relying on the Holy Spirit to help us implement them.
1: Right. That's right. And, you know, I don't know about you, but when I would find myself in the heat of the moment with my children, you know, say that they've done something and, you know, I'm busy, I'm, I'm cooking supper, or I'm on the phone with a friend, or I'm emotional about something. In those moments, I would find myself not relying on God's words and God's wisdom, but on my own words and my own wisdom, which that's Mm -hmm. just not going to get us anywhere. (laughs) It never ends well. (laughs) So basically, you know, this, this three-step plan, I've basically just done the homework, um, somewhat done the homework for the mom. Just by having this, this three-step plan, which is totally based on the word of God, um, just having that at my fingertips, Mm -hmm. that was a way that helped me to be
0: consistent in feeding my children the word of God when I was in the heat of the moment. That's right. That's so good. And, and I love that in your book, um, like I said before, you give examples. So it's going to help the moms, um, envision kind of what it looks like in these different scenarios. And I think that's so important for us to be able to have a picture of that in our heads, because then when we're faced with the situation, we can say, Oh, I remember she talked about that. (laughs) And you start to kind of, um, it's, it's, it's going into it with um a bit of a framework to work from and right. uh, i love that so um, it just wow. gives moms a jump start exactly. to get going in the right direction. Yeah. And then once you get them going in the right direction, then, you know,
1: then they can come up with, the, you know, it, like even the heart probing questions. Those are not the only questions that you could yeah. ask, but sometimes that we're just, it gets yeah, the juices dad Yeah. We're like, just tell me what to ask. Right. Just, just to kind of give mom the encouragement to to get her going in the right direction.
0: Right. And the more you practice it, the more you will come up with your own probing uh-huh, questions. Uh-huh. And, um, so I love this because it's, it's, it just, it kind of reminds me, it reminds me of the spirit of Titus too, the older women t- um, taking their experience and the things that the Lord has taught us over the years. And you've shared them
1: mm-hmm. in this
0: book. And are you calling if, the old? Well, no, <laughs> of course not. <laughs>
1: the older women teaching
0: the younger women. Well, the older <laughs> the woman who has an adult child, I think. That's older right. Older. I'll, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't, I, you know, I have a hard time considering myself that as well. But at the same time, I think, you know, we've been doing this a while, right? You yeah, know, so I right. feel like these lessons, I don't yes. know about you, but they were hard learned, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. hard earned. And um, if someone else can be blessed by um, the the wisdom and the insight that God's given us. And oh, even the mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Mistakes. That's absolutely. right. Then that's that right. the, we want that. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I am so thankful that you've been willing to be here with me today. I know you're launching a book right now and I know that that is no small task. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm sure you and I know you've been busy and you're about to leave on a a two weeks um, speaking in California. But I just want to thank you for taking the time to share these tools that are really going to make a difference. In a mom's everyday life.
1: Well, thank you so much, and I am super excited about the book coming out. It comes out on April twenty fourth, and right now, actually, the publisher is running a really fantastic pre order special. Oh, great! Um, at um, it's it's just the website I can't believe you just said that .com, and giving away on all pre orders. It's just just for pre orders, um, but it's. Four really, really awesome freebies. Um, It's it's many ebooks. One is how to pray for your child using the scriptures. One is how to lead your child to Christ. Um, One is a little mini ebook for of my wise words for moms chart, and then the other one is a discussion guide. If you would like to maybe get together in a group and go through um, the new book together.
0: Oh, that would be fantastic! I love that. Now you had mentioned to me. Um, that you have a, a new—it's called Ask Ginger. Tell me about that. Oh, I'm so
1: excited about that. I just launched this new facet of ministry last week, and the reason I did this is because when I speak at conferences and conventions and moms' events, one of my favorite things after I speak is doing a and A. I love for moms mm. to ask me questions and and. Lord knows I don't always have the answers, but, (laughs) but when I am able to offer some encouragement and I just see that mom's face light up because she has gotten this nugget of wisdom from God's word that she can take home and really implement with the specific struggle that her child's facing. Just, I don't know, just, that just makes me happy that <laughs> to is be able to do that. And so I, I started thinking about it and I, I do get so many parenting questions on emails and I, I just can't respond to every one of them individually. So I, I thought about um, well, what I did is I, I developed a ministry called Ask Ginger and where moms can go on my website and ask parenting questions. And then each week I choose one of those questions and I answer it um, by way of a three to five minute video. And so, um, you know, as moms listen to this podcast or as you're reading, if you get the book and you read that and you still have some questions, I would love for you to go on my website and ask that question. And um, and then hopefully I'll be able to address it on that, uh, on the video so that others can be encouraged. Because most of the questions that moms ask, there's a bazillion other moms that want to know the
0: answer. Exactly.
1: Because <laughs> they're the dealing with way. it too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that
0: is fantastic. And I will make sure that we um, put as many of these links in here that we've mentioned. We'll put them. In the, pod, in the podcast uh, notes so that moms can um, access that and uh, connect with you. So um, it, it has been a pleasure having you here. Um, do you mind if I just take a minute to pray in closing? Wonderful. Please do. All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time together. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have been so faithful not to make us parents and just leave us Uh, there just to figure it out, Lord. But you've given us your word and you've given us the Holy Spirit, God. We have everything we need to parent these kids for your glory and for your honor. But it takes work. And sometimes we get weary, God. And I just pray over these moms right now that they would not um, grow weary in doing good. For in due time, they will reap a harvest if they do not give up, God. I just pray that you would give us perseverance. Give us... um, motivation, give us everything um, that we need, Lord. You've given us the Holy Spirit in your word, Father, but sometimes we just need a, an extra boost, and I just pray that this podcast will have uh, inspired and encouraged many moms, Lord. We thank you that you love us and you meet us right where we are, and you um, are ready and willing to give us that encouragement that we need, Lord. I pray that each mom that's listening in whatever unique way that she needs to be encouraged, Lord, that you would encourage her, Father. Thank you for this time together. We love you. Thank you for being so good to us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.